IT and cake. And cake. Oh, I love a nice bit of cake. With Warren Milburn, possibly the greatest, most fantastical business tech mind of our age. And Paul Greystoke, someone who until very recently believed IT to be a beverage invented by Apple. IT and Cake is a weekly podcast designed to help business owners increase productivity, solve tech problems, and spend less on their IT. Terms and conditions apply. Even though there are no terms and conditions. Just listen. And enjoy. Yeah. Right, okay. So, welcome to IT and Cake. My name is Paul Greystoke. I'm the person who knows nothing. Well, I do know some things. Actually, I know quite a lot. But I don't know as much as Warren. Actually, in the last take, you were were talking all my stuff. (laughs) You've learned a lot in the last few weeks, mate. You know, you've done really well. Congratulations. Thank you very much. You should have a certificate or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I want to get out of these podcasts, you know. I want to I want to become an expert, you know. Of course, you need to you need to be selling this stuff all, all over the place. I'm going to be morphing into you. That's the idea. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I need you to meet a shit. You need to shrink. <laughs> anyway, so my name is Paul Gray. So, yeah, so I do, I, I know loads. I'm not, I'm not going to say I know nothing. I know everything. I know some things. I know a little bit. But Warren, <laughs> Warren knows everything, don't you, Warren? I know things. Yeah. He knows IT things. <laughs> right. So this... This particular episode, this is number four, podcast number four. If you haven't heard one, two, or three, then you need to get yourself a life and go and listen to them. So do that immediately right now before you listen to any more of this. You done it? Great. So uh, this one is about managing your IAT support in it. In it? It is, yeah. <laughs> I can see from my script that it is, yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, managing IT support. There was a, a really old, ancient, decrepit way of doing things. There was a, a, a sort of middle way that everyone thought was fantastic uh, until certain events like COVID came along and exposed it as being a little bit um, irrelevant and a bit not up to the job. What's the other word for not up to the job? Inadequate. There you go. Inadequate. Um, and then there's the new way of doing things, uh, which you know, is is huge in the States, but hasn't actually reached these shores in great numbers yet. Uh, we are doing it the new way. Um, we've we've looked at the old, old ways of doing things and realized years ago that they were rubbish anyway. Um, and the 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 middle way uh way of doing things uh just wasn't up to the job when it was exposed by COVID and other events over the last few years. Um, and we've uh, decided to go straight in with the new stuff, uh, taking our lessons from the people who've done this in the States already. Uh, it's a proven trust and test, <laughs> trusted and tested model. Yeah. And we'll, we'll find out during the course of this particular episode, uh, why that is the case. Okay. So just a bit of, just to backtrack a little bit there. So the old way, as I understand it, Correct me if I'm wrong, because um, I might be, but I'm probably not. The old way 
is a bit rubbish because it's the idea that, and loads of businesses still use it, the majority of businesses still use it in, in the UK, where you have your IT team and they are an expense. They're not a core function of the business. They are an expense and they are there to um, fix things when they break. Something goes wrong with your IT, you pick up the phone, you send an email, as long as it's your email that's not working, and you say, can you come down and fix my stuff? Then uh, they come down and fix it, whatever time it takes them to do that. And uh, meanwhile, everything that relies on the IT system working, all the people that rely on that have to basically stop down tools and wait for the people to arrive. And uh, the business then loses time and money. And I believe after the little research that I did, the time, the money and time equates to about two and a half weeks uh, of paid holiday per employee. You may as well be paying for for the time that you're waiting for IT systems to get working again. Or how, how, how have I done with that work? You're doing brilliantly, Paul. I think you've learned a lot over the last couple of months. And um, uh, yeah, uh, it's it's like that. It's the break-fix model. And um, there's no getting away from it, unfortunately, because um, there is an element of break-fix in what we do, which is the new way of doing things. Uh, it kind of seems to be inescapable. But uh, what we're trying to do is uh, reduce the amount of time spent on break-fix as we possibly can. Um, uh, old vendors, the old way of doing things um, in break-fix was... It wasn't all. It wasn't all vendors. It wasn't all IT support um, companies were doing this, but um, their profits were dependent on people spending money on being supported when stuff broke. So, um, the more time they dilly dallied around uh, with the actual support itself, uh, the uh, the more money the customer would pay in support costs because the engineers would be getting paid by the hour. And there was nothing actually being done to drive those costs down for the customer. Uh, there were SLAs, which are kind of a lip service payment to the customer, where you can say to the customer, well, you know, we said we'd respond within four hours and we said we'd do this, we said we'd do that. And as long as you're doing that, that's fine. But, you know, a lot of SLAs were a load of rubbish uh, because they had uh, hours of waiting for a break fix to happen in included in the SLA that were just too long you want to tell people what what slas are just in case i'm not sure ah yeah slas um service level agreements so in a service level agreement uh it will have uh, sort of maybe three levels of service that a customer will get depending on how the problem has been triaged in the first place so if it's critical to the running of the business then it's you know level one if it's serious impact to the business then it's level two and if it's no impact to the business at all it's level three and so on and so on you can set out the slas in in those sort of terms in as many layers and levels as you like but to, just to get back onto the point uh, the point is that um a lot of the slas that were being produced by companies for customers to sign basically didn't give you great service at all and they, they they left huge amounts of time available for the engineers to fix problems sometimes with the view of well you know have we got enough resource to do this is from the from the it service provider's point of view but sometimes from the point of view of well you know if we can if we can spend four hours fixing this thing then we'll make a lot more money than we would spending one hour doing this thing so if we just set the sla to four hours say we guarantee to fix stuff within four hours then they've made four hours worth of money that's and to me that's unethical and shouldn't be done so um don't do that 
It's a silly thing to do. So break fix, yeah, it's a it's a necessary evil. It can be exploited for the purposes of creating profit. I'm not saying everyone does it. I'm saying some vendors and IT service providers have done it and do do it. Break fix is still there in a large majority of um, cases. And the other thing as well is the popularity of break fix because you can sell it that easily. You can say... Uh, you know, you've got a problem. Your uh, your sales department has gone down for the afternoon because all of their IT is broken. Mm. Therefore, the rest of the company can't get much done. Yeah, uh, we can fix that. We can fix that, and we'll get on with that now. Um, and and you go, oh, that that's fantastic. As a business owner, you go, oh, that's brilliant. You know, thank you very much for doing that for me. You know, and then they spend four hours doing it. <laughs> you go, hang on a minute. <laughs> that was a. <laughs> That was a, you know, someone unplugged the uh, the server and plugged their vacuum cleaner into it. That's a four-hour fix. Whenever I heard a four-hour fix. <laughs> yeah, because you can so you can sell this, you can sell break fix dead easily. You can say, well, you know, if anything goes wrong, we'll turn up and we'll fix it. And then we'll go away again and you won't hear from us for a while until something breaks. And then you just keep calling us and we'll keep coming and we'll keep turning up and we'll keep doing what we need to do to keep your IT running. Except they're not because there's huge gaps in the in the running of the IT, you know, where they are they are um, messing about, um, trying to maximise profits through um, abusing the SLAs, and um, you know that's kind of the way it goes. But what we've tried to do in um, managed services, which was the next thing that came along, uh, that kind of it didn't replace Breakfix; it just made Breakfix part of its model that through good management of the IT and proactive management of the IT, that we would bring costs down. That's fine. It um, it didn't do what it said on the tin under certain circumstances, which is why it's another old hat way of doing things now, in my opinion. Managed services said, we'll be proactive, we'll do risk assessments, and we'll make sure that we put stuff in place that will um, minimize the amount of time that we spend reacting to problems. Mm. And that's great. And, you know, as a promise, fantastic. And for the most part, they did it. Except when things got um, a little bit tasty in the environment and things started to become unstuck. In managed services, they said, we'll plan for failure, but still do break fix. And um, times have changed. MSPs were too comfortable with that. And they were challenged with that when COVID came along, for example. Not only when COVID came along, but that's a prime example of what happened. It showed that MSPs either weren't doing the work well enough in the first place on managing the the uh, the risk management part of things. It only managed things at certain levels within the organisation. So at an engineering level, and a middle management level, and a technician level within organisations, it was fine. But there were certain levels within organisations where um, MSP. Uh, didn't permeate. So it didn't get through to the C-level executives, for example. It didn't get through to the cleaners who unplug your server and plug their vacuum cleaner in, <laughs> for example, at the other end. And so a new way evolved out of MSP. Yeah, Its origins are in the States, and it's uh, it's used there quite a lot now. It's called the Technology Success Provider Model, uh, the TSP model, You know, improving upon the MSP model, uh, it's been slow to pick up in the United Kingdom. And the reasons for that is because we still think, or a lot of organizations in the United Kingdom, because of lack of education, uh, think that break fix is still a good idea. 
and it's not for the reasons that I've already stated. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the UK, we like to see proven models. We like to see models that have been around a while, you know. So we'll wait. We'll sit back and wait and watch <laughs> and, yeah. you know, say, oh, well, that works well five years after it's already been used elsewhere. And we go, oh, yeah, that works really well. Let's let's do that. Let's do let's let's copy those guys over there. Unfortunately, by the time we've finished copying those guys over there, they've moved on to something else and we are now using old models. That's still the case. And I think we're now at the point where the TSP model has been proven in the United States. You know, uh, it's it's more robust, it's um more reliable. It's more aimed at different levels of IT within an organization. So all levels of IT within an organization. And if you think about it from an IT point of view, IT is like the um, the nervous system that runs through your business. You know, it permeates everything within your organization, like the like the nerves traveling out into the muscles and the and the soft tissues of the body. You know, uh, from the brain, it's a bit like that. You know, so. Um, you need to have IT working at all levels. And if you don't have IT working working properly at all levels and being managed properly at all levels within the organization, then it's going to collapse at some point. There's a weakness there, you know, that needs to be taken care of. Well, if you look at it from the the, the nervous system or the, the, you know, that side of your body or providing blood to your body, there will be certain muscles in certain parts of the body just not being fed, not developing. And, uh, you know, the body would then, as a body, be inefficient. Yeah. So, so I like my metaphors. They're great. <laughs> <laughs> Although you were talking about the blood system rather than the nervous system, but that's okay. That is works, true, yeah. It works the same. <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> the, the metaphor works. The metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at the, because um, you, obviously you're the expert in IT, but I do know an awful lot about business and obviously my expertise in, in marketing things, but also in business processes. Um, and, you know, it, when you were talking about the break-fix model, something occurred to me the companies that that do the break fix or just you know the IT companies that offer that break fix and only that break fix model their entire business hinges on the fact that the people they work for have IT that's not going to work for them do you know what I mean that's yeah yeah that's quite a, you know there's quite a difference between a major difference between the break fix model and the model that monkey uses isn't it because you know one of them hinges upon Right, we're here for the business and we're looking at what your future goals are, what your aspirations are, how big your team is, how big it's going to be, or all, all that kind of stuff. So the 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 focus is on the business and the processes that the business is going to use and then using IT to support it. The break fix model, by comparison, needs IT not to work for them to make money. Yeah, absolutely. Do you know what I mean? And that's yeah. quite a fundamental <laughs> isn't it? It's quite it's it's it is a fundamental difference, yeah, and it's why um, I don't like break fix, even though it's a necessary evil. It creeps in there all over the place, because mm. you know you will get to a point, even in even in the even in the new TSP models, that um, you need to have you need to have an element of break fix because you need to have someone on a help desk that will respond to um, <clears throat> you know calls from customers saying my my office three six five stopped working. Mm. You know, oh, well, how how can we how can we help you with that? Blah blah blah, and so it goes on. <clears throat> but in the um in the new models, we have a we have a metric 
uh, called REM, that's R-H-E-M, the reactive hours per employee per month. And that metric um, alludes to the old bad ways of doing things because it says reactive hours. That's the time we actually spend providing you know, the support mm-hmm. um, per employee per month. So if we look at what we were talking about earlier, where you said you might as well give them a paid holiday for yeah. two weeks, uh, because that's how much time and money you're going to lose mm. by implementing it the old way compared to implementing it the new way. In BreakFix, you need as much react as many reactive hours as you possibly can, which is what we were just saying. Mm. In the TSP model, you want to drive REM all the way down to as close to zero as you possibly can. Absolutely, yeah. And the the other reasons that we should adopt these new models, apart from the fact that it it solves doesn't solve completely the break fix problem, but it goes a great deal further in solving the break fix problem, <clears throat> is that the um is that in the TSP model we add value at different levels within the organization, which we've already said we provide strategic management at the C level within the organization. Mm-hmm. So you get a virtual chief information officer who works with your board of directors to map and plot out and understand uh, what the business goals are. We have um, technical management at your director level. Mm-hmm. You know, So your directors are going to be charged with the responsibility for bringing certain projects about and making sure that they're well managed and project managed and so on and so on and so on. And you got support at the engineering level as well. So within the engineering com- the engineering departments within your company, i.e. your tech support team, yeah, uh, or whoever they might happen to be, all of your engineering departments within your organization, um, you'll have support within those levels as well. And then it keeps going down through the administrative levels and through to the even through to the cleaners, if you've got cleaners, you know. Um because you don't want to unplug in the um, life support machine of your business. So what would you do then? So um, I'm a I'm a business and I'm considering taking on a company because I recognize that IT is going to be an integral part of what I do. It has to be. It can't not be in these days if I want to stay competitive and get the processes done that I need to do. What kind of questions do I need to be asking the IT company to to find out whether they're a breakfast fix company? What kind of things? What what? Give me some advice if, as a business owner. What should be what should I be asking? First of all, you need to listen to this podcast again. That's right, uh, because all of the information is in there. Um, break fix, you'll know all about because you've listened to this podcast again. Um, break fix, you'll know all about because you've listened to me talking about it endlessly. Uh, in in just about any opportunity that I get to talk about it. Um, and because there are new and better models that will be uh, around in five, ten years' time still, you know, doing their thing, and uh, hopefully BreakFix will have died a death by then. And uh, if you're still using it, then you'll be dying a death as well because you'll be giving away so much money, so much time and effort to BreakFix companies when you could have... Um, a more modern, proven, sustainable model like TSP, doing the same job as your break-fix people, but just in a different way and doing it better. As a business owner, could I simply turn around to the the company I'm approaching and saying, are you a break-fix company or are you a TSP company? And would they know what I'm talking about? No, they wouldn't. And hardly anyone would because TSP is new in the United Kingdom. We are targeting businesses within the United Kingdom at the moment. So, um, uh, if you talk to most businesses at 
the even at the strategic IT or director levels of IT within businesses in the United Kingdom, uh, and you start talking about the TSP model, they're going to look back at you and go, uh, sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> Say what? In the United States, if you go and you talk about um, TSP, the technology success provider model, um, they don't do that. They understand what you're talking about. And um, and that's because it's been around a lot longer. You know, it was already in development before COVID hit. It was already there because they recognized early on that um, the MSP model was just not um, not delivering, you know. Uh, but if you talk about uh, the TSP mm. model or even sometimes even the MSP model to businesses within the United Kingdom, they don't know what you're talking about. So it's a process of education, as it normally is with these things. You know, it's about about getting out there and talking mm-hmm. about them, and um, and we're a TSP provider, and uh, and we're one of the first in the United Kingdom. Let's do a plug for Monkey because, as usual, giving loads of free, amazing IT uh, information away for business owners there and entrepreneurs. So we we have deserved a plug. Have we deserved a plug? We do deserve a plug. Absolutely, and it's not the plug that goes on the end of the cleaners. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we, we deserve a different we've, type of plug. We've deserved we deserve a plug. Um, so give us a plug. I'm a business owner and I am I am raising the the telephone handset to call to call an IT company who is a break fix model and you're gonna say stop use monkey business IT because Because we put strategies in place to make you more efficient, more productive, and more profitable through your use of IT. And we won't go away and come back again when something breaks. We'll actually be working with your business all the time to make sure that you're using IT correctly, to make it sure that you're using it efficiently, to use it to make sure you're using it productively, that you're compliant with standards. There's something we haven't talked about for a while. Compliant with standards, that you are um, uh, implementing IT that follows your business processes or Modeling your business processes along the use of your IT, or vice versa. That you're using the right IT. The right IT all the time. There's loads of reasons why. We could make a list and do another podcast on it next week. Good. Let's do that. (laughs) Right. Anyway, so thank you for listening to IT and Cake. I have been Paul. In fact, I still am Paul. So goodbye from me. And goodbye from him. Ha, 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 ha. (laughs) Thank you so much.